Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks today. And as we continue on with these podcasts, we've uh, we, we're continuing from yesterday. Uh, I have my friend with me this morning, Liberty, and Liberty's been sharing her story of Cameroon. And those of you who listened to the last pot uh, will realize, and I speak New England once in a while. Yeah. So I got, I just got a, uh, that smile smirk, like you, you talk weird, but anyway, uh, from Liberty, but as we go on and as we continue on with this, we remember the story uh, that Liberty was going through. Liberty was there. Uh, working as the nanny for the first four months in Cameroon with the West Coast. And uh, she just brought us to the part from the first podcast where she, I mean, the world was upside down. She was talking about her initial 12 days there. Then we came up and we used probably the last 10 minutes of the last podcast uh, to talk about Brother Charles' information being relayed to her. And she was told that Brother Charles was in a coma. And then she was, uh, she went up the road, up the hill, just up the hill, uh, lived the Sinclair family missionaries uh, to Cameroon for many years and uh, were a blessing to Stephanie and Charles Wesco and Liberty and their kids. And uh, so she's trying to get up the hill. She gets up the hill, the kids start playing and she gets the word. Um, uh, Liberty's told at that point that Charles um, was no longer on this side of heaven. And uh, obviously it was an extremely sad portion, uh, a terrible time for all. And they're still dealing with the kids. So we know at this point, we know that. And we also know that Liberty had uh, heard back from her dad. And you can imagine being a parent uh, back in the United States while your daughter is going through this trial um, over there in Cameroon. And, you know, the verse that comes to mind, Liberty, as we continue on with this and as we move forward is Romans chapter 12 and verse number 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. And I know that this time for you was a tribulation of the greatest, mm-hmm. highest order and trying to continue on in prayer. So as we close, Liberty was saying that she couldn't hold any food down. She knows what's going on. And uh, and so as we continue on from that, Liberty, uh, what happens next? You're, you're there at the house. You've fed the kids. You're trying to hide your emotions. Daniel kind of figures out that something's going on. Yeah. Um, so then right after Mrs. Sinclair told me um, that he was gone, we hugged for about three seconds, and I ran to the bathroom again. Um, and then I went into one of the Sinclair girls' rooms and just leaned up the leaned up against the wall and just cried out to God. Yeah. And then I called Mom and Dad, and they said, Hey, have you heard anything else? What's going on? And I realized at this point, that the last update that they, that they had had was that he was in a coma. Um, so then I was the one to tell them that Charles was gone. Wow. And um, I think one of the hardest things about that was that I could hear my dad crying in the background. Yeah. Um, Mom was the one trying to, you know, talk me through it. And at this point, I was crying so hard, I was hyperventilating and... Um, just not a good couple of moments there. Hmm. Um, so then literally the rest of the afternoon, we went back to playing violins again. You know, we'd play songs like 
It is well with my soul. Amazing grace. And, uh, you know, a couple of us crying, crying through it completely uh, while we're playing. Yeah. Um, but then one verse that came to my mind, it's been my life verse forever. Um, but it was uh, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And that was just those first few words there, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, I had to grasp onto. I had to really make personal. Um, and I, it was just everything I could do to keep it um, together for the kids. And at this point, you know, they're all figuring out, okay, the Sinclairs are crying, Liberty's crying, what's going on? Um, and then came the point in time where um, Stephanie and Ben and Charles Jr. were stuck in town um, because then there were roadblocks going up. And, uh, you know, we heard about that, so we knew that they wouldn't be able to make it home that night. And also knowing that we had to evacuate the country very soon. Um, so one of the Sinclair girls and I went back to our house. I took a shower just to get, you know, cleaned up and everything and um, I immediately I knew where the suitcases were because they had just been put away the day before and so I just pulled out all the suitcases and um, I was asking Emma Sinclair to just grab clothes for the kids and you know any kind of clothes she could get really um, and obviously at this point you know extra stuff wasn't on our mind it was just stuff that we had to have to live and um, I went through Charles' office, which he had been working on getting set up, and just collecting stuff um, that I knew we'd need to evacuate with, um, like important papers and passports and everything. And Charles had those all very well organized. Um, he had like this huge jacket that he wore on the way in with everybody's passports and papers and everything. And so that was fairly easy to get. And then I just, you know, I don't even know why I was going through stuff like I was, um, but obviously God was giving me clear direction of what to get um, because I just, you know, I took his important bag of papers and certificates and everything, and um, then Emma and I were just literally throwing in anything. At this point, we weren't carried or worried about uh, weight limit or anything. We were just throwing in anything we thought of, um, anything that would be dearly missed if it got left there. And so we're just, you know, packing things up. Then we leave them all, you know, in the house and head back up to the Sinclair's a couple hours later, probably. And, uh, you know, from there we just, it was interesting because we ended up spending the night at the Sinclair's because I didn't want to take the kids back down to the house at this point, you know. Safety reasons, probably. Right. And also they would see all the suitcases and wonder about it. So we're uh, setting up beds and everything for the kids at the Sinclair's house. The boys kind of just crashed in the in uh, the living room. And I had Emmy. And at this point, like I said, she's only like two years old. And obviously not knowing what's going on or where her mom and dad are or why they're not coming home. So trying to sleep with her was interesting. Trying to get her to calm down and stop crying and um, actually rest during the night was um, close to impossible. And then during the night, you know, barely got any sleep just because of everything that had been going on. Yeah. So. 
she's a perceptive little girl. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Emmy plays off for whoever the adult is in the area, especially mm -hmm. her mom. And, uh, you know, waiting for her mom to get back and things of that nature. And So did you get any rest at all that night? Not really. I think, well, I think at one point I'd probably just cried myself to sleep and maybe yeah. got a few hours. Um, but then, you know, the next morning getting up and it being a reality that this is what had happened. It wasn't just a nightmare. Yeah, this was no longer a dream. You wake yeah. up and say, is this real? Is, uh, wow. Yeah. So you wake up the, the next morning. Now, what happens when you wake up the next morning is people at that point, is there any new news? Are you searching yeah. for news or? So then it was kind of a, um, you know, the Sinclairs are rushing around their house trying to get things that they need to evacuate because um, obviously they couldn't stay. And so we're, you know, trying to keep in contact with Pastor Sinclair trying to figure out, you know, when they're going to be able to get home. And us obviously not knowing anything that had happened there. Um, yeah. And so, so then, you know, just to be clear, at this uh -huh. point, all you know is Charles is gone. Mm -hmm. The Sinclairs are packing up stuff to get out of their house. You packed up stuff. Mm -hmm. Are the kids, like, totally suspicious at this point? They were. They were constantly, I think, every five minutes, it's, what's wrong, Liberty? What's wrong? What's, why are you crying? What's wrong? And I just had to tell them, guys, every, it's okay. <laughs> and I wasn't going to be like, everything's okay, because it wasn't. Um, it's okay. Just, we'll be fine. You know, and thankfully, you know, they had toys and things to play with. So they weren't really paid attention to the fact that the Sinclairs were packing up. Um, but then I don't remember what time it was, but it was, um, at one point, Pastor Sinclair had called Mrs. Sinclair and said, you need to be ready to leave when we get there. So they're, um, they come in driving down the road and I was trying to get the kids down to our house before they got there. Um, but that didn't happen just with having seven kids trying to get them all in yeah. order. Yeah. So as we're walking out of the house, we see their car pulling up and I think it hit them all at this point that Charles wasn't in the car. And uh, so Stephanie gets out of the car. We're all giving her a hug. We're all crying. The kids are obviously suspicious at this point. And so we walk down to their house, and Daniel knew for sure. Yeah. He was looking around. He looked at me, and he's like, Mom, where's Dad? Yeah. And she's like, I'll tell you when we get to the house. So we get to the house, and Pastor Sinclair read a passage, and uh, then... Stephanie or Pastor Ben, I don't remember which one it was. One of them, you know, told the kids that Charles was gone. And I just remember the screams of the kids. Yeah, yeah something you never, uh, never forget. So, folks, if you could picture this and just give Liberty here a second. If, if you could picture they're sitting around the house having to be delivered this terrible news. But not only that, but what, what Liberty had said is they're all packed and I mean, they just heard the most horrific news that anybody will ever hear in their lifetime, uh, or at least tied with that, that their their dear dad uh, had been murdered. He was no longer with them. And and uh, and I guess uh, the way Stephanie tells it uh, is that Ben had read, I guess, was it uh, Psalm 23? I think it was. It was mm -hmm. Psalm 23, and then uh, uh, that she had asked Ben to tell the kids that... Uh, 
Charles was no longer there. So you can imagine the scene. And so was there time liberty? I mean, what happens after they're delivered this news and everybody's screaming and upset? Was there time for sympathy? Was there time there to... There wasn't. <laughs> um, you know, I had, I think I had Hudson Stuffy sitting by me and my skirt was soaked after I got up um, yeah. just from the tears. Oh my. And um, I looked at Daniel I gave him a hug, which, if you know Daniel, you Daniel's know not a hugger. <laughs> you know that's the first time he ever gave me a hug. Yeah. Um, and I gave Charles a hug, and um, I said, you know, I just told him I was sorry, and then said, guys, we need to focus. We have to leave. You need to get anything that's important to you, and pack it up. Yeah. So we spent maybe maybe 20 minutes um, just crying with the kids. Yeah. And then it was pack up mode. And, you know, so thankfully all of our suitcases were packed. But then there were things that Charles and Daniel, now knowing that they were leaving, that they wanted to get. And they grabbed some things out of their dad's office um, that were special to them that I would not have necessarily thought about, but they did. And, you know, now obviously they're, gra they're glad that they grabbed those things. Some memento type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, um, obviously Cameroonians knew at this point, which is why the Cameroonian who was helping us um, evacuate, he said, we need to go. People are finding out we need to go. And so um, we were loading up the van and our neighbors, um, their little daughter had come over pretty much every day just to play with Emmy. And, um, you know, seeing them, she was, she was crying, and she was probably only three years old. She yeah. didn't know why she was crying, but she was, which broke my heart seeing her. Yeah. And I gave, uh, you know, the Cameroonian ladies their hugs and, you know, not knowing. They didn't speak English very well, um, but, but the little that they did, you know, I was, just told I'm them. I'm sorry kind of stuff, yeah. right? And they, they were crying for us. And... Uh, so then we packed up the van, and it was like sardines in there. It was a lot of people, a lot of luggage in one. So it was van. a van. It was like a transit kind of I thing? I think it was the church van. Mm -hmm. Church van. All of you guys were in there? We were. So how many people was that? So there was nine of you guys. Mm -hmm. Ten. Ten you of and, us. You and uh, Stephanie and the Wesco kids, ten. Mm -hmm. yep. And how many Sinclairs are there? Uh, there's four Sinclair kids and then Pastor and Mrs. Sinclair. Plus a couple drivers. Oh my! You had eighteen <laughs> people. Yeah, it yeah. was it was packed. Plus luggage. Plus and, luggage and. And what are you being told? I mean, what's what's the word in the van now? Everybody's loaded in there. There, you're in this obscure, uh, distant, way down the road place from mm -hmm. anywhere. And yeah. what's what's the word being put out in the van? So it was, you know, for the most part, it was calm and most of the kids were asking questions of course oh yeah and um, us not really knowing what to give them as an answer and uh, I knew where it had happened during one of the phone calls I had heard you know the location that it happened yeah and we had to drive right past there um, and I I knew what it looked like previously because the time I had been in town before and driving past that point was um, hard, 
because not only did I know that's where it happened, none of the kids did. Um, not only did I know that, but then seeing Stephanie um, reliving that moment. Yeah. Um, so then we, we, we were, we felt protected for the most part with as much luggage as we had, but also with as much luggage as we had, we felt like people would notice us more. And so it was very a very tense time trying to um, just focus on the Lord and realize that he would get us out safely. And um, so then we ended up at a police station and had a police escort from there to the capital city. And how long did it take you guys to get to the police station? It was, I don't remember how long of a drive it was, um, but it, to the police station it was probably only... I don't know, maybe half an hour, and it's hard to tell just because, you know, in my mind, thinking about, it should have only taken like 10 minutes, but they're Cameroonian yeah. roads, so it took longer than that, Yeah. Um, but then the drive from the police station to the capital city was much longer. Yeah, and so you get to, so where do you guys go in the capital city? I mean, you're, and obviously you guys, the Totally tired, mm -hmm. saddest you've ever been in your lives. You get a police escort and you end up. So we actually stopped at a missionary's, another missionary's house for, I think, a day. And there's a ton of you. There was. So you go into and a missionary's house and you quadruple the size of the. Yes, and they weren't, I mean, they were prepared for us, but um, that's a lot of people to be prepared for. So they were a huge blessing, though. They helped us repack the suitcases so that we could kind of have an idea of where stuff was. Um, and also, so now you're on the French speaking. Just to clarify, you yes. you're out of the English area, right. and the French speaking so, area is a little safer area. Right. So once we got to the French area, that's when the police um, left us, and we could you know make it to the capital city then without the police escort. We just made it into the French side. Um, and so we, you know, we packed all the suitcases, got them, got them to the correct weight and everything, and made sure that, you know, we were good to go. Got a couple extra hours of sleep. Um, they had chicken noodle soup for us, which is praise God, kind of a comfort food uh, when you're going through something. Yeah, it is. It is. So then I think it was the next day, you know, we said goodbye to them and a couple of the other missionaries who were getting close to evacuating. Um, Said goodbye to all the you know fellow missionaries and then headed to the capital city where we stayed at um, a mission house for a couple days. Yeah. Kind of recoup and um, get everything together for the flight. And how far was that from where you were the first night? I'm not sure how long of a drive it was. It didn't seem. I feel like it was at least a couple hours, but yeah. I don't really. That kind of that kind of is foggy for me. Yeah, there was just so much going on mm -hmm. and. But you look back, I guess, at those people with really high esteem and regard that took you in and mm -hmm. helped you pack and fed you and loved yeah. you. And, and folks, that's what that's what Christianity is all about. And, mm -hmm. you know, those of you out here listening to this, with uh, that's what we're all about. And, I mean, you got liberty at that time, so that's two years ago almost. And, you know, just an 18-year-old girl out of high school. And then you got the kids that are from 12 on down to just a two-year-old. And you got this uh, this dear wife and mom of these kids who just lost her husband. You got another missionary family who really liberty their entire lives, mm -hmm. adult That's lives true. have been based upon being missionaries to this mm -hmm. country, 
And uh, so you can imagine the trauma that's going on with everybody here and, and, and you guys are trying to get out. So you're, so, you know, there's going to be part three of the Liberty Files here, but uh, uh, just because we want to talk about what happens when she gets home. But so I guess filling in pieces of the story, story uh, actually the vice president even got involved and worked with the ambassador. And you guys got out of there a couple of days later after the mission's house. And, right. Now, what do you remember about that? What do you remember about getting to the airport and getting out? Yeah, so that was, um, so we had met the ambassador at the mission's house. He was one of the sweetest guys. And um, when we got to the airport, we were kind of at a time crunch because um, we had a lot of people to get out. Yeah. But then also um, the people at the U.S. Embassy were just really trying to push us through, get us, you know, onto the plane and get us home as fast as possible. And they really stuck with us through the whole time. Like they, you know, they were helping push us through and get us by, to By way of be. like their, their version of the TSA get you through right. that. Right. And then that was another nerve wracking thing when I, I was one of the last ones, actually I was the last one to go through the scanner and the alarm went off. Oh. And so that was another Thing that wasn't too um, yeah, comforting. Yeah, you end up getting patted down or right? whatever. Yeah. And then it turns out it was just a bobby pin. <laughs> like, oh. well, I could have told him that. <laughs> but um, that was another thing to just add to it, uh, add to the stress and everything. And, and you know what we're going to do here, Liberty? We're going to mm-hmm. go on to the next podcast here in a little while. But uh, folks, and, and the reason we're doing this podcast with Liberty is a couple reasons. Just stressors we go through, those things that click switches in us and uh, you know, up to this part of the story, we've heard a really sad story. And I mean, there's a lot of strength in there. People helping the Sinclair's coming strong, Stephanie coming strong, Liberty coming strong. I can't believe, you know, Liberty just graduated from high school. She's an 18-year-old girl and, and uh, uh, you know, having to step up and pack things that will affect entire lifetimes. And so, folks, as you think about your day and you're driving down the road today and you're having a bad day, think of Cameroon on October 30th. Uh, 2018 and the subsequent following days uh, I think it was three or four days getting home from there and and uh, you know God was good God was good to Liberty Liberty and I were sitting in comfortable chairs here in the United States but you know there's things that happen in our life and those of you listening with hurting hearts those of you listening with PTSD know exactly what I'm talking about in that little group period of time those few hours sitting over there in Cameroon uh, can you know be getting the news, going through the news, moving kids or something that can be with you forever. I'm not sure what your stressor is today. I'm not sure what you're going through, but I know that God is big enough to get you through. And we're looking forward to coming back with part three of Liberty. We want to help you. If you're, if you have a stressor that's alive and, and picking on you and, and going forward, we, we would love to talk to you about that. Come out and find Stephanie and I on Helpful Wounded Spirits. You can find us on our personal pages and We'll certainly get a hold of you. Thank you again, Liberty. And uh, we're going to go on with part three of Liberty. This is uh, some of the most interesting stuff. I've heard a condensed version of this when she shared it with me personally, and I never shared it with a soul. I never uh, told Stephanie, never told uh, Liberty's folks. Uh, I just got on my knees and prayed about it and, 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 and talked to Liberty. So this is a really big thing because you've, you've only said the condensed version to me and a version of this to your folks. And mm-hmm. uh, so on behalf of our listeners, 
uh, I just want to say thank you. And uh, listen, we, we love you folks. And if there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. But we'll look forward to talking with you all real soon. And may God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.